glass, ice, pour. Hello, friends, and welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles Brown. I thank you for joining me for part two of our launch week episodes. Um, Part one kind of served as a, as an introduction to the podcast, and I started laid the, the foundation and the groundwork for the direction of the show. And uh, I kind of did something that I like to do, and that was kind of uh, go with my thought process in the moment. And kind of worked out some things, and was talking a little bit about inspiration and uh, all of these uh, things that we have inside us. So I hope you enjoyed that first episode. Um, this episode, I would like to go uh, a little bit deeper in my story of where uh, this idea for the podcast came from. And to share a little bit more about myself um, and then uh, also want to kind of wrap up our time talking about masculinity uh, in a different way. So um, I had mentioned from that last episode that, um, you know, I have given over now at this point, it's been about 6,500 uh, rides for both the rideshare services, Lyft and Uber. And I've been talking with uh strangers, thousands of people, men and women from all over the world about masculinity, what it means to be a man. Um, you know, the work that I do on myself, I've been able to share. I've had other men share their stories with me. Uh, I've heard from men who, uh, have, uh, been in, uh, in gangs. Um, I've heard from men who've been in prison. I've heard from men who have gotten off of skid row. Um, and I've just been able to really be inspired by these stories, uh, about their rites of passage or where they feel they became a man. And this question of when did you become a man is um is is kind of one of the underlying um questions that that kind of propelled me forward to doing this podcast um you know I, i've been driving for a long time and and kind of thinking about this idea of myself when i became a man but this this idea this question that i had um it started a long time ago it actually started before i even met my wife my wife and i've been together um in total for five years and right be uh, not right before uh quite a bit of time before i met my wife um i kind of hit a low point with relationships and dating and i realized that um i had been taking uh, i had been taking a wrong approach into dating um people and i realized that there was there were some things in myself that i still needed to fix um that i was bringing into every relationship kind of hoping that that other person would either fix it for me or help me fix it um that this sort of wound that i had um some of it was from my faith background. Some of it was from, you know, my parents being divorced. But a lot of it was just me not having a strong um, understanding of reality and learning about consequences. And um, and really, I, I didn't understand how... Uh, how how privileged I was um, with, with all the things that my life afforded me, and so I kind of woke up to these things um, all at once, and so it was, it was a lot for me to process. And so as I was waking up to these things, I started to question, you know, what type of man am I, and what type of man am I going to be? And as I was kind of thinking about that question. I stumbled upon the question of, well, when did I actually become a man? And I, men- I mentioned last episode, I lost my virginity when I was 15. I actually lost it when I was 16. So so if I were to ask myself this question, when did you become a man? That's when I lost my virginity. That's one thing that I thought of. Um, but this question of when did I become a man, um, 
that that was tied in with the fact that um, my wife and I once we once I so well I'm I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself so let me step let me take a step back and and can and stay for a moment on the work that I was doing before I met my wife so I realized there was something wrong I realized that 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 there was something wrong with my relationships because they stopped working every one of them stopped working I was with people that you know. It, there was nothing wrong with them, you know, uh, and there's nothing wrong with me. It just like, it didn't seem to work. And so I was going through all this pain after these relationships were ending. And so I realized like, I have, I want to stop doing this to myself and I want to stop doing this to other people. And I really want to find a, a relationship and a partnership that's, that's long lasting. So instead of dating a bunch of women, I, um, decided to not date for a while, um, I, I abstained from, you know, sexual activity and, and just, um, kind of spend some time with myself. And, um, in this time I, I, I got my own apartment. Um, I was living in a studio apartment in North Hollywood. Uh, so I got my own apartment and in that space, I was able to kind of create my own vibe. And, um, for a while I, I had this TV that like didn't really work and I was mainly using it just to like watch DVDs and like binge watch old seasons of the office on DVD. Um, so I decided one day that I wanted the center of my apartment to be music because that's really a big part of my life. So what I did was I, I threw my, I got rid of my TV and I um, decided that I'm going to put uh, get my guitars in the center of my room. And so I kind of decorated the space of my own and started to, started to feel like, okay, I finally got some space that's my own. And I started to pay attention to who I am and listen to my inner voice. And, you know, I mentioned my therapist, Dr. Carl, you know, at this point in my life, I hadn't met him, but now um, after some of the work that we've done, what I realized I was doing in this time was I was spending time with my inner child. I was spending time with my my inner most um, young self, and um, I realized in that time that um, you know I just really enjoyed um, getting to understand myself and who I am, and so. I spent about two years in that space of just getting to know myself and getting to understand my hurts and getting to understand my part in relationships and why they were ending and different things like that. So as I uh, started to come out of this time of dating and kind of dip my toes back into the um, you know the dating, I, I met uh, Jen, who eventually became my wife, and um, you know she taught me she taught me so much, even in just the time that we were dating, she gave me a lot of, um, language and she gave me some, some things to help me sort of sort through my feelings and, um, help me kind of understand that, um, I have a choice in, in deciding what kind of man that I want to be that, you know, um, other people can choose for you. You know, you can let your family choose for you. Um, uh, you can let society choose for you. You can let your job choose for you. You can let your friends choose for you. Um, but really the choice to you know, what type of man you want to be really that's within yourself. And I think that every man, um, you know, in thinking about rites of passage, uh, I think in those cultures that do have a rites of passage into manhood, I think one of the things that men think about as they're stepping into this space is, well, what type of man am I going to be when I step out of it? And so these two years of me not dating was kind of my rite of passage into manhood. And, and I was sort of hoping for this like boom, aha moment, like, okay, you've, you've become a man now. And that, that still has yet to happen. I mean, actually, truthfully, some days I question like, have I really stepped into manhood? But I think, think just even just asking myself that question, um, 
that to me shows uh, an aspect of in being introspective and really thinking about who you are as an individual, which I think is a very important component of being a man. So, so maybe in a way, and this is kind of me fleshing out an idea in the moment, maybe in a way my doubt about um, am I a good enough man is actually a noble quality of my masculinity. And maybe that actually could fuel me into a positive way to be a better man because I'm thinking, uh, I'm not thinking about settling or just sort of like reaching a pinnacle and then that being it. So I met my, met my wife. We're learning all these other things. We eventually get married and um, we're talking about having kids. And uh, now I went from, so in just this short condensed time, I went from single Ryan to, you know, living on my own, all this stuff to then dating to then engaged to then married to then now we're talking about a father, you know, rate, uh, talking about me being a father and raising a family. And, uh, this idea of what type of man do you want to be really, really, really started to, uh, heat up in my mind. And I started to really think about not only what type of man that I want to be, but now I'm thinking about what type of husband do I want to be? What type of father do I want to be? You know, I'm thinking about these types of questions and I don't think there's any real, I don't think there's like one clear answer for, uh, for any of those questions. I think the beauty of, um, today is you can sit with those things and you can meditate and there's all sorts of things you can do to sit in that space and create space for you to, to think about those questions. And so, um, you know, as I, I started to think about those more and more and thinking about, you know, when did I become a man? I really, I, I couldn't point, I couldn't pinpoint to one moment in my life when I became a man. And, and as I've been giving these you know, thousands of Lyft and Uber rides around Los Angeles to people that I've never met before. Uh, they've shared with me the exact same thing. So many men have shared with me that, you know, I, 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 I kind of shared with them that, you know, I asked myself this question, you know, when did I become a man? And, and most of the responses that I get from them are, huh, you know, I don't know if I ever really, if I ever really thought about that, you know? And so again, I, I, I in thinking about this, uh, the theme, one of the main themes for this podcast is thinking about rites of passage into manhood, into masculinity, and how there's an absence of that in, in America. And we sort of label things that, like culture lab labels us when you become a man. And I think that's, that's dangerous because culture is very, it's volatile, not in that it's dangerous, but it's volatile in that it changes a lot. You know, and so I think if we if we get into a season where, you know, like right now, politically, um, this current administration here in 2019, uh, they're not probably the best representation of of manhood and masculinity, but they're very uh, this this, um, you know, our culture right now and, and politics and everything is very much in the face of everyone, even on social media, like you can't. You, social media used to be an escape we could go to, and now you can't go on social media um, sometimes without just being like bombarded with stuff and like opportunities for debate and yada yada yada. It's a lot to deal with. So, I think one of the um, so so to that point, like if we allow culture to 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 say what masculinity is or to leave it up to that i think we're we're in a very dangerous that's kind of like a danger zone uh because it could end up falling into the wrong the wrong sphere wrong hand as they say um so you know i think part of what this podcast hopes to do is hopes to bring to the forefront this conversation about masculinity in a very safe way and showing that you know this conversation like i've like I've had with thousands of men all over the world, uh, perfect strangers, um, 
they've shared with me that this conversation is important, that this conversation means something to them. So, um, so again, even just kind of like fleshing out an idea in the moment, uh, even starting this podcast is part of my own personal journey into manhood, because one of the things that sort of, um, helps me define my manhood is the, is the community of men that you hold yourself with. And so for me, um, I'm interested in not building an exclusive community, but an inclusive community of men who are looking to be better men and, and looking to decide what that means for themselves. Uh, but, but not, not necessarily, um, you know, some of them might have their ideas all, all compiling it together. And some of them may be like me somewhere in the middle where you have some ideas about masculinity and who you are as a man, but you're sort of still working it out. And then there also might be those people who are like, man, I'm just stepping into this conversation I don't even know where I belong or where my, where my, where I fall yet. Not where I belong. You belong in this conversation. Um, everyone belongs in this conversation. Um, but where do I fall in the spectrum? I think that's something that people might still f- uh, figure out. So wherever you are, um, you know, it's, it's fine to, to, to jump in because as you can see, and as I'm going to model on this show, um, I'm still working out some of these things. You know, I, I'm still currently driving for Uber. Um, I drive exclusively for Uber now and, um, I'm still having this conversation. I'm still fleshing this out. I was talking with a gentleman last night about it, who, um, is a few years older than me. And he was just so fascinated. Um, you know, he said that it's fascinating that someone of my generation is looking so introspectively at this because it's just something that his generation didn't think much about or um they sort of left it up to you know society or the the quote-unquote the marlboro man to kind of um define masculinity and as long as they were sort of living up to those characteristics they could define themselves as a man and i just think times have changed um personally i think that's a good thing um i think it's a good thing that we've had um accountability spring up and people say like you know this is unhealthy masculinity and this is toxic masculinity and naming things like that so that way we can actually do something about it and conversations like this can actually happen so so again in asking myself this question when did i become a man um i do believe at this point in my life i am a man and i think i'm a man because um i am continually willing and able to step up and meet my responsibilities. And this is something, uh, part of a conversation I had with my dad, uh, that you'll hear later on in the season, but, um, something about this idea of being responsible, um, um, able to respond, uh, is, is really a, a strong component of masculinity. You're able to respond to your responsibilities. Um, so, you know, whatever this looks like for you. And I, and I like, I like that as, as it's kind of a foundation uh, for me in my life, because I can apply that, uh, that, that perspective to a lot of different things, you know, like, am I able to respond to things in my personal life? Am I able to respond to things in my marriage, you know, with my relationship with my son, with my relationship with my peer group, even just this podcast, you know, I have to tell myself, um, that this, this conversation is, is very important, you know, cause sometimes I have self doubt. Sometimes I wonder if, if being vulnerable out there and in putting out this conversation is really a good idea. And, and I just, I have to remind myself that it is because anytime you're putting something out there with the spirit of wanting to help people and you're looking to actually create uh, a wave of positivity, I think that whatever you want to call that God, karma, the universe, mother earth, whatever, I believe that there's going to be positivity behind that. So, so even, this this podcast is is all wrapped up in my journey but thinking about this moment where i became a man i really think um 
learning that I was going to have a son um, and, and being able to, to respond to my responsibilities with him is, is sort of a continual reminder that I am a man, you know, um, and not that I allow my son to define my masculinity, but, you know, there are, there are opportunities um, for me uh, throughout the week where um, I have a choice. I have a choice to either step up and be the type of father that my son needs or to sit back and either let my wife handle it or just not handle it whatsoever and let my, you know, eight, nine month old, almost nine month old son uh, kind of figure it out on his own. And, and so, you know, those moments are tough. If I could just share a moment of, moment of vulnerability, uh, those moments are tough. And I feel like as a dad who sort of fell into this work from home, um, trying to figure out how to um, be independent and freelancer, but still provide for your family. You know, these moments of, of, uh, of where, I, where I'm not feeling like I'm able to tap into my best self and be able to provide things for my son in the manner that I'd like, you know, I doubt myself as a man. But like I said at the beginning of this, sort of this thought process that maybe my doubt in this, uh, in, in this idea of wanting to be so reflective about manhood, uh, maybe that's actually a part of my masculinity and maybe that's a part of what, of, of, of me being a man, you know, maybe that's a part of the man that I am. Um, and so I think, you know, to kind of tie up this thought of when did I become a man? I think for me, and, and this might be for some men, it might not be for some men. Um, it, for me, it's still kind of an ongoing process. And I think that I'm always going to be thinking about how can I be a better man? And I don't think, I don't know if I'm ever going to arrive. I mean, I guess, I guess I have arrived. I, I don't really know. Like how do do, does one, a hypothetical question, does one arrive at man, into manhood? Um, or is it something that life guides you into? Uh, is it a combination of both? Um, you know, I think that's still going to be something that as I talk with more people and more experts and more comedians and more, and then we drink more whiskey and we just kind of get deep in with these things, uh, we're going to figure it out. But I know for me, this journey of when did I become a man, um, was, uh, was murky and that journey was confusing and it can, and it left me with some bruises and some deep wounds that I needed to heal. And so my hope is that, um, one of the things that I, I, I hope to bring to the audience with this podcast is, you know, if there's other people out there that feel the same way, um, know that you're not alone. And then just also, I'd like to protect the next generation of men, you know, including my son, um, from, from sort of doubting their manhood. So, so far into their lives uh, because I think about if I would have been set free from some of this doubt earlier in my life, I just wonder what my potential might have been. But, you know, um, I think part of my journey and part of my growth journey has been not living in the past um, and not thinking about the what would have been. You know, and I think that one of the things that I've really, uh, one of the unexpected lessons of being a dad and moving into this phase of life, even being a husband, um, is that, you know, we move into phases of life where we might think we're timed out of certain things. And we might think that like, you know, our, it's time for our dreams to dry up and expire. And I think that that type of thinking is very damaging. And I think um, if we stopped thinking about time um, 
as something that's against us instead of thinking about time as something that is for us and something that we don't have a lack of, but that we have an abundance of, I think one, we'd experience more joy. And I think two, we would get more things done. Um, because, you know, I think even in, in the journey of me starting this podcast, thinking about all of the different things that I wanted to do at some point, it was like, it's just time to start. And so that's why I'm happy to uh, be providing these, um, these first couple of episodes. And um, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the conversations that I've had with, um, with some of them. But before I do, I just want to give a shout out really quickly. One of my favorite comedians, uh, released a book, uh, not too long ago, and they're going to release it uh, on Amazon. Uh, Pete Holmes has a book coming out called comedy sex God. And, um, Pete's one of my favorite comedians and he's also a great podcaster. And it's a dream of mine to, uh, do an interview with him one day, either, um, on his end or on my end. Um, I'd love to say, keep it crispy on his show, but I'd also love to have him say keep it crispy on mine um so anyway uh I really enjoy Pete's work because um, I, re- I relate a lot to his upbringing. He grew up Christian, a lot like me. He talks a lot about his um, deconstruction and how he kind of went through that and how he processed things growing up. So pick it up on Amazon, um, Comedy Sex God, Sex God, Pete Holmes. Uh, check it out. It's really good. So um, one of the things that I have been, uh, one of the conversation pieces I've been having with men uh, lately as I've been thinking about these first couple episodes is I've been thinking about, you know, what are some synonyms for masculinity? And so um, I was thinking about that for myself. And, and so I just kind of tossed that out there to, uh, to a handful of men, you know, maybe 15 or 20. And um, the, the top answer that I got for synonyms for masculinity, uh, the top answer I got was virility. Uh, I think, let's see, 13 men said virility. Um, another one said, uh, this one I thought was kind of funny. He said macho which I thought was interesting. Um, but then, you know, things come up like, you know, things about strength and, uh, some guy mentioned something about finance. And I just thought, you know, it's really, it's really interesting what, um, what I thought was absent from the conversation and what I think of when I think about a synonym for masculinity is something that incorporates, um, a protection, you know, kind of being a, a protector, being a protector of in my family. We call, we, I'm called the chief of safety, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but it's just kind of like, I'm naturally sort of not paranoid, but am making sure the locks are locked and making sure seatbelts are good and Reese's car seats in and just kind of double checking certain things. And so, um, that's kind of a natural thing that I, that I bring to the family. And and I don't think it's because my wife can't do it. I think it's just that it's a strength of mine. And so I do it. So one thing that she does is she's, we call her the the chief financial officer. So she's, she handles uh, a lot of the finances and makes sure that all of our bills and stuff are in line, which is something truthfully that I can't do. I am terrible at that. And so thank goodness I found a partner who's amazing at that. Um, but you know, uh, we all have our specific talents and I think for me, uh, safety is one of them. And so for, for me, my, my synonym, one, a synonym for masculinity is, um, something that would do with protecting, but I just did a quick like Google search of different, you know, synonyms for masculinity. Some of these, um, that come up, um, you know, manhood, maleness, potency, uh, ruggedness, boldness, uh, uh, maturity, chauvinism, misogyny, you know, different things like that. Um, 
and, and I just think these are all these are all fascinating, right? Like there's no there's no one synonym that's like, oh yeah, that's it. Like they're all they're all fascinating. And I think I, I, the thing that I think that's going to be interesting is these lists, like this Merriam-Webster list that I just went to. Um, you know, I probably could check the copyright on that, but I, I you know I just wonder how these lists are going to change after um, after this conversation that I have and more conversations like this become a dominant conversation, right? So when there when there are just as many shows out there um, for people talking about how they can be better individuals as there are how we can improve our houses. And how we can improve our lives by winning money. You know, when there's just as many self-help and self-improvement shows and shows about, you know, teaching meditation and, and things like that, I think once the, the narrative starts to balance out, uh, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see what type of list would come out for synonyms for masculinity and maybe maybe some of the antonyms for masculinity some of the more f- quote unquote i'm using air quotes um feminine aspects feminine you know antonyms for masculinity maybe those will start to sort of float into masculinity and being what people think about when they think of masculinity you know things like vulnerability i love the work that brene brown does um highly recommend her um special on netflix uh, but you know her work on vulnerability is wonderful. And I think in terms of masculinity, if men incorporate vulnerability as part of who they are as a man, uh, I just think they'll have a, the ability to connect deeper with individuals in their lives. Um, and, and this isn't just women, this also includes men as well. And I think, you know, just to riff for a minute on that, I think one of the things about this conversation that I hope to have happen is that not only do I hope that, you know, men listen to this and they sort of internalize it and process it on their own, but I hope that they talk about it with other men. You know, I would love groups of men to um, gather around with their own whiskey and talk about uh, the things that we talked about on this show. You know what I mean? Start your own little um, whiskey and rye franchise, uh, whiskey and whoever you are, um, and, and start your own little discussion about, about these things because um, the thing that I love about this discussion is that it's not it's not something that it's like this is brand new like if you think about um, I'd mentioned earlier picked up a gentleman um, yesterday and I was kind of talking with this podcast uh, idea about and, and he was actually coming from uh, a whiskey tasting it was a four hour whiskey tasting in downtown LA and I'm like man that sounds amazing he was telling me some of the stuff that they were trying and it was really great but what I was more so intrigued by not, you know, trust me, four hours tasting like cast strength whiskey from all over the world, uh, from distillers all over the world, sign me up. But the thing that really intrigued me about that was being around a group of, you know, and it was mostly men, not that whiskey is a man thing, but like for this event, it just happened to be a majority of men. So I thought it would be really interesting to be in this space drinking whiskey with other men. Um, you know, I just think that, that there's something traditional about that where, um, you know, there were times where men would get together um, and they would drink whiskey and they would talk about things. And, you know, they would maybe talk not always about things that are that are great. You know, times have definitely changed. But I, I think that there were definitely moments within those conversations where they would be talking about things with other men and they maybe even just for a brief moment would land on this idea of, well, what type of man do I want to be? And so, you know, I, I hope that this, this conversation 
And this idea of like thinking about synonyms of masculinity, I would love to know what you think synonyms of masculinity are. You know, send me tweets uh, at Whiskey and RyePod. Uh, send me DMs on Inst- Instagram um, at Whiskey and RyePod. Um, if I get enough, I'll put up some. I'll put up an infographic uh, on Instagram and kind of show what uh, some of our top answers are. That'd be really fun. So, um, I uh, y- yeah. So I just in thinking about what this idea you know this this idea of masculinity uh because i'm not looking to define it here on the show uh and looking to more just kind of have an open conversation about what it is i think it's fun to think about synonyms of masculinity as a way to branch out and talk deeper about you know why you would think of those things and so you know as i was talking with these men about it um uh, it was great to sort of like flesh out their ideas and you know the guys who were talking about virility uh again i just think that you know masculinity uh having kids, being able to procreate, um, you know, I, I just think that's, that's going to change, you know, and, um, I know that there are people that I look forward to talking with on this show who, um, are going to challenge that idea. And, um, and I look forward, I look forward to that, uh, the challenge idea of virility, um, being a synonym for masculinity, not that it's not, uh, but also just challenging, um, how it might not be exclusively that and what, what might be left out in, in leaving that synonym, um, where it is. So anyway, moving, moving a bit ahead of myself on that. Uh, but again, just thinking about these things in real time, you know, uh, I'm thinking about how we can be better and thinking about, um, you know, how can we be more inclusive? You know, this conversation about masculinity, uh, can't just include men. It includes men, includes women, uh, it includes, um, people who identify, um, as binary, um, or non-binary, uh, trans, uh, everybody is involved in this conversation because masculinity is something that affects all of us because it's just a part of, uh, it's, it's a part of our culture, you know, and, um, it's a part of men. And, um, I think that when it is not toxic, masculinity can be a place where power can be distributed evenly and where I think uh, masculinity can become something that is not exclusively held by men and it's not something that's placed on women as a slam, you know, Um, as someone, you know, being too masculine, therefore we can't trust that person. Um, You know, these are my hopes for for these types of things. Um, You know, the language that we use and the labels that we put upon things, um, they carry so much weight. And so my hope is to free up the word masculinity, um, and to open up a conversation about it that, um, that, that, that's going to be inclusive. Yeah. Uh, that will wrap up, uh, the introduction uh first two episodes of whiskey and rye uh i hope you are feeling informed i hope you are buckled in and ready for this journey um i'd mentioned the twitter handle as a way to interact with me directly um so you can tweet me at whiskey and rye pod um connect with me on twitter and then also make sure to follow along on instagram at whiskey and rye pod you'll see updates um and then i'll also be providing behind the scenes pictures and uh things about upcoming guests and whatnot so i want to thank the deep West for providing the music for this podcast make sure you follow them on instagram at the deep west you can also find them online at thedeepwest.com and you can keep an eye out for their music that will be available on streaming platforms very very soon so keep an eye out for the deep west because this is launch week and it's really special i'm going to be releasing another episode of whiskey and rye tomorrow night i am so happy to be putting out part one of my interview with dr carolyn heldman she is actually someone
someone that I met while doing uh, an Uber ride um, a number of years ago, and we had an amazing conversation. We have been staying in contact over the past few years, and she uh, was uh, gracious enough to give me some of her time uh, to allow me to interview her on the show. So I cannot wait to release part one of her episode tomorrow. Lastly, because we are just getting off our feet, if you're enjoying this content so far, uh, if you can leave us uh, a review and uh, on, on iTunes and uh, let us know that you're loving the show, that really helps. So I really appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate you stepping into this conversation and, uh, and joining me uh, for, for the upcoming interview. So uh, for now, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Bushmills. Uh, I appreciate them being along with me for every ride and uh, we will catch up again soon. 